So I was wondering, who do you think would win in a fight? Tinkerbell or Krista? Tinkerbell. Or Krista. Krista is murderous. Right. Well, Tinkerbell. So, no, Krista I... beat Hexus. <laughs> Not that this is part of our podcast, but <laughs> no, this could is. be good. <laughs> it is part of our podcast. Right. Well, no, I was thinking about it all day. And the thing is, because like Tinkerbell, I think technically has more feats. But Krista has <laughs> more has achievements and actual magic. <laughs> right, she also has feet. No, like, I mean, Tinkerbell, she drank poison and survived. And she can be brought back to life by clapping. And yeah. she's str- she's stronger than Mighty Mouse. Right. <laughs> and um, she, well, are, yeah, are she carried Hulk? pirates around the room. Well, any, any Tinkerbell. TV <laughs> it doesn't matter. They're all Tinkerbell. Change this too. <laughs> But, like, she doesn't have okay. actual magic, which yeah. Krista, Krista does Krista can control <laughs> plants, and she defeated Hexus. And yeah, she but Tinkerbell defeated has Hexus. murderous intent, and Krista does not. Like, if the two of them were in a room, I think Tinkerbell would take Krista down. Krista would hesitate. Well, that depends. Did Krista fall in love with Peter Pan? <laughs> well, oh, true. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have a good hey, reason. That, that actually makes things interesting. <laughs> Krista totally would fall in love with Peter Pan. He's totally her type. Yeah, well, her type is Zach, I would know. say. <laughs> she likes like slackers with mullets. She likes humans. Maybe just the fact that he's human would be enough. I don't Whoa. know that Peter Pan is human. He looks more like a goat Dude. child. <laughs> this isn't a Ferngully episode, although we should do one at some point. Dude, we should. But first, we, we need a decision. Okay, so Brita, it all comes down to you. Who would win in a fight, Krista or Tinkerbell? I'd, I'd, Krista. Oh, I'll hey. be Clifter. Right. <laughs> 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 I mean, I'd have to vote Krista too, just because Krista beat Hexes. <laughs> Tinkerbell I think didn't if, beat anyone. If we had more information on Tinkerbell, I think we could easily well, make an argument, but we don't. Well, and also, so based on what you guys have said, technically, yes. Krista sealed Texas. Krista sealed Hexes inside of a tree, which uh, he's shown he can escape before. So, I mean, she didn't really. I mean, he could come back. However, speaking of ridiculously cool, overpowered villains with Tim Curry voices that love to sing, I think we've got a great show for you today. Hello and welcome to the Popcorn Isn't Real. I'm Leif Eric. I'm here with my brother Torvald. And we're here with special guest, my sister Brita. Hello. That's right. Just call us my brother, my sister, and me, because yeah. that's who we are today. <laughs> Brita is an anthropologist extraordinaire. An anthropological an archaeologist, archaeologist yeah, right? I am, I am an archaeologist, which is a type of anthropology. Right. Okay, right. And it's also Brita a type is of an archaeologist extraordinaire. So if you picture like Indiana Jones, that's what Brita does. <laughs> so she's We're really great. She's an archaeologist. She's... Tell us about all the great things you've done. Uh, I mean, I have that, done... What makes you... The person to talk about this movie that we haven't established what it is yet. Right. Well, yeah, so Brita, I haven't done a lot. What, what but movie are as we an anthropologist, about? we are going to talk about Moana today. Uh, and as an anthropologist, I think I have a pretty good background for looking at this and other movies that uh, depict different types of cultures, because that is what anthropology does. We go around the world, we look at different cultures, we try to understand them on their own terms. Um, and I can bring some of that to Moana, although not a lot, because it was specifically uh, designed to be in an unnamed, unspecific location. Right. Yes. So we're going to be talking about Moana, which I'm pretty excited for. But first, I actually want to ask you both, how do you guys feel about Moana? Like... Uh, 
was it a good Disney movie? Is it a classic yeah. Disney movie? Or is it just another drop in the bucket of Disney movies? Well, I mean, I have some thoughts on that. Um, I want to preface all my thoughts in this episode with, it's going to sound like I hate Moana. <laughs> but oh, no. I don't. I actually like Moana. Every time I watch it, I enjoy it. I think it has some really good parts. But I also think that there are many aspects of it that are that could have been better written. Um, and so I'm probably going to dig into a few of those things uh, in this episode. Yeah. Um, but it, I do think it's an enjoyable Disney movie. And one thing that I can say for Moana, it has a lot of catchy songs, right? Like normally in Disney yeah, films, especially newer ones, it has like one catchy song. Mm -hmm. Or in the case of Tangled, no catchy songs. Yeah. <laughs> we can Poor thank Lin-Manuel Miranda for that because he wrote the score. Frozen has Let It Go. And like, what else? What other song do you remember from that movie? Like, they're all bad. Like, uh, yeah, people like the Snowman one. Okay, right. We want to build a snowman. Build a so that, that's snowman. like, but that's only like twenty five percent of their songs, maybe or something. I, I don't know. There's a, there's the one about love is an open door. Love, love is an open door. door. And no, that was actually an okay song, song too, like right? Right. Yeah. No, there are there are okay songs. Well, okay. So I I feel similarly to how you feel about Moana. My, I had no idea that Moana even existed. I think it released, and I didn't even know that it was a thing. Like I'd never even seen it somehow. But then. I was watching Zootropolis here, and it's yeah. called Zootopia in America. Yes. But I was watching yeah. that, and I saw that scene with that dude was selling all those bootlegged DVDs, and I was like, what are these even supposed to be? Because <laughs> I didn't know the movies. <laughs> and I was like, well, that one looks really interesting. And I was like, oh, that's a, that's a real movie. I should watch that one. <laughs> but part of the reason that you might not have known what it was is because it has a different name in, in other countries. All right. No, I was going to get into that. So speaking of movies with different names in Europe, uh, Moana in Europe is called Vajana. The movie's called Vajana. Moana's called Vajana. And this j isn't just for like dubs in other languages. The English version has been redubbed every time they say Moana to say Vajana instead, <laughs> which is a pretty big deal. Like The theory that you told me is that some people think there might have been like a porn star who was more famous. Right, so this is just a mini theory that we're going to go over real fast, Brita, then we'll get to yours. So a lot of people have speculated that this was to avoid comparisons with apparently there's like a really famous and prolific Italian porn star named Moana Pazzi. But uh, at first when I read that, I was like, this is kind of ridiculous. There's no way. But then I looked into it and it gets a little more believable. So it turns out that Moana Pazzi did a lot, like a lot, like hundreds of adult films quite possible that maybe Disney didn't want little Italian kids to go and Google image search Moana <laughs> and see a bunch of porn images, <laughs> right? Because that's what would pop up if you searched for that in Italy before the movie Moana came out. Yeah. She was, in fact, so well-known and beloved that she was featured in a 1994 cartoon all about her named Moana Land. <laughs> so <laughs> we've got this porn star. Right. She's well known. She has a huge fan base. She is an animated porn star princess and she's named Moana. <laughs> like I can totally is, see why Disney would want to distance themselves from that. <laughs> right? Why bother continuing to name her Moana in, in the English American version if they're going to change it to Viana everywhere else in the world? Well, so then we'll get to the official answer. The official answer from okay. Disney is uh, Disney Spain tweeted out that the Moana mark, which I assume they mean trademark, is registered in Spain and some other European countries. Ah. So they changed the name Moana to Viana just to avoid any uh, copyright or trademark uh, debates. 
Right. And then uh, John Musker, who is the writer and director of Moana, he also confirmed this at the at, uh, Annecy Film Festival. He said Moana is not legally available for use in most European countries. So mm-hmm. since Vi means water and Moana means ocean, they just named her Viana because it still means water. Unlike in America, Disney does not doesn't just run the lawmakers. The, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Disney doesn't own yeah. trademarks and yeah. copyrights uh, like they do in America. Right. So, so anyway, that's sorry. I think very viable as well. But I prefer to believe the porn star story because I think it's more fun and it's it's also still believable, right? Yeah, <laughs> maybe it was just a fringe benefit of changing a name, though. Anyway, Brita, Brita how, how do, do you, you feel, feel about, about Moana? Yeah, so my feelings about Moana, I actually think it's a very good movie. I think it is. Uh, really engaging. There are parts I don't like, but overall I think it's a really fun movie for kids and I think it will become a classic. But to give a little bit more of an anthropological perspective, I also really like it because Moana has been instrumental in teaching young kids endangered Hawaiian uh, language, the endangered Hawaiian language, that they have recorded a full version of the movie in this very obscure and very few people speak it uh, dialect of of Hawaiian, and they are now using that, that version of the movie to teach the language to children. So I think that that's a really cool thing that it's accomplished um, and that really it gives it a step up in my opinion. Dude, that's pretty cool. Like, go Disney. And I will say that, like, again, I am not an expert in Polynesian cultures or languages or any of that. Uh, I I have taken a class, and from my limited knowledge about the oceanic cultures, I think they did a a pretty good job of representing them. Uh, Obviously, they changed some things. There are some, a lot of really weird, crazy things in every mythology that sound weird to people outside of that culture. And so there are things about particularly Maui, that would not be great for American viewers. I think that kind of just got swept under the rug, but that's okay. They're making a, a, a light version of these mythologies that's not place-specific. Right. Do you think they were more true to Polynesian mythology in Moana than they were to ancient Greek mythology in Hercules? Or, yes. sorry, Roman mythology in Hercules? It's both. Um, <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, the fact that his name is Hercules yeah. instead of Heracles. That makes it yes. Roman, right? <laughs> it yeah. does yeah. make it Roman, but his mom is still Hera. She's not Juno. Right, right. So, Zeus. Right, that movie was yeah. full of problems. They so, yeah, didn't adhere to the mythology, like, at all. Like, geez, why wasn't Zeus yeah. going around having sex with cows and stuff? <laughs> yeah, well, I could see why they wouldn't want that in a children's movie. <laughs> all right, all right. Frida? What is your theory about Moana? Lay it on us. I want to hear it. All right. So the theory we're going to be discussing about Moana today is that at the beginning of the movie, Moana sets off on her journey to go restore the heart of Tefiti to get Maui. And they're going to go together and do that. And while she is sailing in the ocean, there is a big storm and she cries out to the ocean to help her. And then she goes under the water. And the next time we see her, she washes up on the beach. And the theory is that at that point, Moana is now dead and that she is dead for the remainder of the movie all the way through to the part where she returns the heart of Tefiti and Tefiti rewards her by bringing her back to life and then she's able to return home to her family and uh, is alive again and there are some reasons why this theory makes sense that we can get into uh, but it that's the basis of it okay so okay. I just want to get this straight so you're saying she dies and is dead for basically the whole length of the movie where things happen yes <laughs> but then comes back to life at the end when things stop happening again <laughs> yes correct <laughs> correct okay so you're saying the whole movie takes place in like the spirit world or in heaven or in hell or something like essentially in the spirit versions world. of that right yeah okay and and so does the, this mean the... Maui was dead 
Not necessarily. So the argument is that Maui and his island and Lalotai, all of that, and Tefiti were all these mythical creatures and beings that Moana could not interact with as a living normal human, that she could sail the breadth of the ocean and she would never reach Maui's island because humans just can't go there. Um, and so as a result, when she cried out to the ocean to help her, the ocean actually helped her by killing her at that point because that was the only way she could reach Maui. Dude, the yes. ocean's so, so nice, so helpful. The ocean <laughs> has its own issues. <laughs> yeah, dude. So the ocean in this movie, I kind of agree completely with Maui's opinion on the ocean. I do too, <laughs> the ocean honestly. Is wishy-washy and should <laughs> yeah. do things by itself instead of forcing Moana around to do random crap for it. Yeah, and for at least yeah. like the first half of the movie, I had a theory that maybe the ocean couldn't move the heart of Tefiti, and that was why it needed no. to get a human to do it. It clearly can. It can do yeah, whatever it wants. So I don't know why. Well, and like the first time I watched the movie, I was actually very confused because I kind of thought the ocean was Tefiti, but it's not. It's not, no. Yeah. I, like, I thought no, the ocean was the manifestation of some god, and we would find out who that god was, and then I assumed Tefiti, but actually, it's literally just the ocean. It's just the personified <laughs> right. ocean, yeah. So <laughs> I, I was torn between thinking either the ocean is Tefiti or the ocean is her grandma. No, it's neither. No, the it's neither. Just, it's just the, the ocean. ocean is the ocean. <laughs> yeah. The ocean is the ocean, and it murdered and Moana, <laughs> is this theory. So at the start of the movie, Moana is two years old. She's looking for seashells in the ocean all alone and the ocean comes alive so how could she interact with this living magical ocean monster if she wasn't yet dead if you're saying that you have to be dead to interact with spirit things no there's still magic in the normal world like there's still the ocean is alive no matter what <laughs> and and like the the effects of tefiti like draining the island and it's turning black that is all real moana just couldn't reach these okay. mythical beings real quick i just want to say about that scene the first time i watched it i was like oh no this movie's gonna get real dark real fast like because you got this like one-year-old two-year-old girl yeah. running over <laughs> to the ocean to look for seashells all alone and the ocean completely like, surrounds her too dead. right yeah no <laughs> well, like, no yeah that's that the beginning to me is was very sinister. And yeah, you're I was leading certain to. that she was going to die, and then she didn't. Yeah, die. I was like, oh, okay, well, you're leading that's a toddler into a dangerous situation to with seashells. But also, yeah. yeah, geez, why was the ocean being so sinister? And I would say that's good evidence for this theory that the ocean had already picked Moana as a little two-year-old and was like, ah, oh, she yeah, can do so this, and like was about threat. to murder her. Yep, was about to say, <laughs> okay, time to go meet Maui, and then the ocean changes its mind and waits until she's much older, or perhaps it doesn't change its mind. Right, it's her just father's saved her. Her father or... saves her from the ocean. Frida, what you're saying is that the ocean was ready to kill Moana right then at the very beginning of the movie, and her dad saved her. And then her dad spent the rest of her life trying to keep her away from the ocean, because he knew it was going to kill I her. I don't know that he necessarily <laughs> knew that. No, I love this, Frida. This is the best evidence for your theory, and I never even considered it. Because her dad was so adamant that specifically Moana should never go near the ocean. Yeah. And you know it's... what happens next time she goes near the ocean she gets freaking trapped underwater both times <laughs> yeah the first dies. time she gets trapped underwater in the coral and injures her foot yeah and, in the yeah. coral <laughs> and presumably literally the next time like, she goes near the ocean yeah and she tells her grandma <laughs> after that like dad was right and he was <laughs> yeah well and also presumably like because this isn't as we established even though it kind of seemed like it was some random god who can just control the ocean no it is the ocean meaning everything that the ocean does is that Entity it doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it yep. is trying to kill her for sure. And right. also... So it knocked her over, it pinned her underwater, when, inserted her leg into that coral. 
Yeah. <laughs> it tries to kill her with waves the minute she sets sail. And then later on, it waits a little while and then kills her with a big wave, yeah. which yeah. is exactly how it killed her father's friend. Her father's friend. Uh-huh. So like he had very good reason to keep her on that island. Yeah. <laughs> so, Frida, do you think her dad's friend was like its first choice? Like I, he also was given this epic quest I mean, to I think find it's possible. Maui? Also, or maybe, the ocean's maybe just her kind dad of was given this quest too. And that's why when she shows him the heart of the sea, he's like, this is nothing. It's just a rock and throws it away. And that also you know makes guy sense throws with it away? It's Maui, Maui when she gives it yep. to him. And he's, he's scared, scared of it. Of it yep. right? <laughs> and also no, her grandma, so when well. she explains the, the or her mom explains to Moana like your father doesn't let you do this because he is or was you she explains he felt exactly mm-hmm. like Moana this draw to the ocean that he had to go out and he broke the rules of the of the uh, island to go on the ocean with his friend and then his friend immediately died Dude. so I think it's it's easy to this see how that could so be a well. parallel so that the ocean he was shows also... her dad and his friend yes and then and the, he they, chickened out after seeing his friend out. die yeah. it was like oh no <laughs> no <laughs> Being way chosen by the ocean just means we'll die <laughs> which so is I'm true <laughs> yeah so so that that's one part, point of evidence. But I think a, another really this strong best evidence. point this of evidence great. is the fact that from the time that she washes up on Maui's island to the time that she leaves Tefiti, she never interacts with a single normal human. She only interacts with divine beings like Maui, with monsters like the Kakamora or uh, Tamatoa. Uh, she interacts with Tefiti and Tekal, and she interacts with ghosts of her grandmother and of okay. her ancestors. Right. But she doesn't but... interact with a single normal human. And as soon as she gets gets back from Tefiti. She goes sailing with her family. They're all in the oceans and there are no divine creatures. Maui shows up, but he's a hawk. He's not as Maui. And her grandma also kind of shows up as a manta ray, a real manta ray, not like a, a right. spiritual projection. Right. Not a glowing weird manta ray. Yeah. So at the literally the very beginning of the movie, we see her grandmother telling this backstory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so and you know who bursts the, in and is really angry about this story? Her dad. Her dad. Yeah. <laughs> who also but, knows this story and got <laughs> chosen by the ocean. <laughs> he hates the story. Right. Why else would he be so mad? Like, this makes so much sense now. I promised that I would get into some things about this story that I feel could be better. I do want to say this suffers from a problem that most recent move Disney movies suffer from. And it's a trope that's not necessarily bad. It's just that Disney uses it a lot, which is that they start with like five flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Instead of just starting where the movie starts, they start with literally the beginning of time. <laughs> Maui, <laughs> yeah. right? Then they go to Moana as a baby. And then they go to Moana as like a preteen. And then Moana as a teenager. And then after she's a teenager, we still have like a good 20 minutes of movie before, before she gets the movie right. Actually starts, like there's just yeah. so many there's odd at least two more flashbacks between <laughs> right. her dad's friend dying and the dream she has of her ancestors. Yeah. The movie could be told a little more efficiently. Like if they started when she's already an adult, we would know that she likes the ocean, but she has accepted her duty. Right. Instead, we have to go through. She loves the ocean. She wants to explore. Oh, wait. She's sort of accepted her duty. Oh, wait. She goes out to the ocean, almost gets killed. Now she's really accepted her duty. Oh, wait. Flip again. Now she hasn't because she gets another long backstory flashback about these ancestors we don't even care about about. (laughs) and learns that they were explored. Like, it's just so. And like this is the problem with so like even frozen the biggest problem with that movie was just the opening that they had like 70 flashbacks and and just needless story that we didn't need to know we could start with anna and and elsa and just like it's more interesting if you don't exactly know why that there's tension between them or why she stays in her room to be revealed Mm -hmm. organically yeah (laughs) anyway so that's just my complaint about the beginning of this movie 
I think they do that to make right. it more easily accessible to children, or that's why but they like, think they do right, it. Right, that's I don't what I was going to say. It's so like, kids it's can like if we started Mulan when she was a baby and she wanted to fight, but then Which we see... Which is how the new live-action Mulan starts. <laughs> exactly. Well, no, this is... <laughs> yeah. All the live-action movies are now doing this. They're taking a good, efficient story, and then they're spelling everything out for you thing. But, like, yeah, if Mulan right. started with her as a baby and she really wants to fight, but then, oh, something happens. Now she doesn't want to fight. She just wants to be a good daughter and get married. Exactly. Now she's a preteen and she's practicing <laughs> but, getting married. Immediately but after then she decides she to go out to and fight again. again. Oh, wait, no, she actually got hurt. So she's not <laughs> she's not going to do that. She really, really decides she's definitely going to be a bride this time. So she goes, oh, she's not a good bride. Oh, no, her father gets conscripted. <laughs> like, now we're at where the movie actually begins, right? Like, there's no reason for any of that previous stuff because Milan is a great movie without any of that, you know? And so would Moana have been. <laughs> I watched Moana with my son. And during that entire opening sequence. I would agree with Brita that they're simplifying it for kids, except that my son <laughs> kept asking me, he was like, what's going on here? Why is she growing up so fast? Like, <laughs> I thought she was a kid. Why is she older now? <laughs> I was That's like, why uh, I said, you know, I it's think been a few they years think they're up. simplifying it well, And he kids. was like, well, why didn't I grow up that fast? <laughs> I'm like, uh, maybe you'll grow up in a few years. <laughs> okay, Brita. Back to your theory, I have two more questions regarding the beginning for you. Mm -hmm. Number one question, Moana's grandma, who loves the Maui myth and wants to fulfill the ocean's desires, she dies yes. and goes into the ocean. Why but didn't her, the ocean use her? Her body didn't go in the ocean. I think that the, the ocean... Well, her spirit sure did. Yeah. Like, she was a manta ray swimming around, surfing around the rest of the movie. <laughs> Why couldn't she have done the, the deed? I mean, I don't know. I think the ocean just chose Moana. It decided Moana was going to do this. And at the time that Moana dies, she has the heart of Tefiti. So perhaps that's part of it, right. too. So well, I was going to say, maybe you need to physically have, have the heart, heart when you die yes. and die on the ocean. Perhaps. But also, and that also it seems like hey, the grandma could have arranged it, that. It makes it great that the heart of Tefiti was right on the shore. Perhaps her dad dropped it while he was trying to get killed. <laughs> That's well, true. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, the ocean gave it to her. Yeah, but. I know. <laughs> Interestingly enough, though, Moana, throughout the whole movie, does not think that she can return the heart of Tefiti. No. She thinks she that thinks only Maui can do it. Maui needs to. Do they give a reason for that? Uh, just because her grandma no, told her to. No, just because Maui so her grandma's it. just I think, wrong. I think yeah. from her point of view, it's like an atonement journey for like, Maui. I, I like think that's true. And also, I think there might be some idea of like, I am just a human. Maui is a superhuman. He has the power to right. do this thing. And I that don't. would make some sense if Maui returning and atoning was somehow what distracts Tekal long enough that Moana can put the heart back. But how it is... Maui doesn't need to be in this movie, right? Yeah. Like no, Moana Maui could have does done because like role in this movie, Moana could have just gone there and returned the heart herself, and it would have been fine, right? Uh -huh. I mean, I guess maybe she he sure helped could've. her get through that little cliff thing, but I yeah, kind of think she. Well, like also, her powers are way better <laughs> than Maui's. Her powers are just the yeah. ocean. Yeah, she can do so yep. much the more than he can. Totally, it's true. Um, <laughs> I do think that it that was do anything. For how, her it's ever. true. The ocean, as Maui said, is very just kind of changeable and does whatever it wants. You. Can cannot depend it's on the fickle. ocean. <laughs> like, yeah, except that you can because okay. Disney used it as a lazy plot device to yeah. just force their characters together and have their story work once they realized that, hey, this story kind of doesn't work, yeah. right? There are a lot of plot holes. Hey, maybe yeah. the ocean can fill in all oh. of those plot holes. <laughs> hey, water does flow into holes. <laughs> the writers knew that the ocean was very convenient because they keep having Maui comment on it <laughs> like, yep. throughout the whole movie. Okay, so she meets Maui on the island. And 
I have a question for you, both of you. This doesn't have to do with Brita's theory. It's just something I always wondered. Why does Maui need a boat? <laughs> like, why can't he get off that island he without a boat? Why is he so says excited it in his song. He says Maui can do oh, yeah? everything but float. Yeah. yeah they, <laughs> okay. They fill and that then, plot hole in without the ocean. Two later, well. Maui says, <laughs> all right, I'm out, and jumps in the ocean and swims and floats. Yeah. So Maui can float. So Well, he can swim, but presumably they're still close to their island. Yes, that, that was my thought as well. So apparently he's just going to maroon himself yeah, again. Yeah, he was just like, forget this. I'm going back to my marooned island. Right. But I'm just saying, so Maui is a demigod. We know that he has constitution and immortality. Well, we don't basically. know that he has immortality. He could just swim to yeah, another island. Yeah, several times he thinks they're going to die. <laughs> right. And yeah, but he's also been on that island for like, what? A thousand years. I have a theory, even though Moana is dead, and she is now some sort of spirit creature, just like everything else she interacts with, spirit creatures can kill each other. Yeah, because they do seem theory. to be afraid. And like, this is this is supported by other mythologies, like the Norse gods can kill each other and mm -hmm. stuff like that, so... So you're saying he's afraid of monsters coming out of the ocean and killing him? I think that... Well, yeah, kind of. Well, maybe. Because, like, he doesn't want that thing. <laughs> it's true. He's terrified of the Kakamora. And yeah, and the Kakamora. Like, Moana defeats <laughs> yeah, the Kakamora by true. herself. Yeah, just... And Maui seems pretty yeah. scared of them. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I kind of had a theory that maybe Moana gets some special powers of demigod just because she dies and becomes this spirit creature Dude. because she can throw that arrow hard enough that it embeds in her boat like yes. she's like yards <laughs> away she's so far away and she can slide down on yeah. like a zip line so her, su her superhuman <laughs> abilities was one of my other uh, points that i thought supported her not no longer being at least a normal human wow. okay but so right now we're talking about maui needing a boat so I've heard some people try and justify it by saying that the ocean is keeping him there. That even if he tries to swim away, the ocean will put him back on the island. Mm. How would having a boat help him in that case? <laughs> like, if the ocean puts him back, it would put his boat back, too. Like, I just Well, no, it wouldn't, because so the ocean boat. wants him to go to Tefiti. Because when he jumps off to swim, like you say, the ocean puts him back on the boat. Not the island. Right, right. I'm just saying he doesn't know any of that. He, right was then. Caught he there just for a says, I got a boat. I can leave. So here's here's my actual biggest complaint with the whole movie is that they introduce sure, a on. problem for themselves that they have a lot of trouble fixing and also kind of almost ruins the whole movie. And it's that Maui and yeah. Moana hate each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this creates mm -hmm. so many problems because the ocean has to keep putting them together because they hate each other, <laughs> right? Yep. Like if they no, just kind like, of liked each other or had like uh, goals that aligned somehow, then that would fix the problem. They wouldn't need the ocean to fix it. But the other reason this ruins the movie is because why do I care about Maui or Moana if they don't care about each other, right? Like my investment in the right. characters <laughs> is often influenced by their investment in each other, right? It's like in Aladdin, Aladdin and the genie really like each other. They are friends. They establish that quickly and easily through song at the very beginning. You ain't never had a friend like <laughs> this me. This is like right? Rush Hour. This is like Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan. You know, they hate each other, but they form a bond as they go along. But like, I feel like it's kind of, uh, Disney has gotten more corporatized, right? So there are more and more executives over the writers who think they know what's right saying what makes a good story is conflict mm -hmm. and so the writers are like okay yeah. the main characters hate each other right it's like a rom-com kind of thing almost right they Except hate each other it's not romantic. but it's not romantic <laughs> you know but like i mean it's just that kind of lazy thinking that like this is the only way to do it whereas if you look at a movie like aladdin 
the genie and Aladdin have plenty of conflict between them, even though they really like each other. They're best friends, you know? In some ways, the conflict is even more intense because they're friends, right? Because I care about the when they argue. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, I don't care when Moana and yeah. Maui argue constantly, all the time, you know? In fact, that was actually the next thing I wanted to talk about. Because, so, Maui, he gets her boat, he takes her boat. He puts her in a cave. He puts a giant rock in front of her yep. cave and then he leaves. Right. Like, was Maui's plan to murder this girl? He knows that she can only be killed by other spiritual creatures. She can't die from starvation anymore because she is a spiritual creature. Yes. Okay, so his plan was just to lock her in hell. Yeah. In yes. literal hell. And that's basically exactly forever. what he tells his little chest tattoo. Because his chest tattoo gestures to her like, hey, go back and help her. And he's like, ah, it's fine. She'll love it on the island. Like, he's just going to leave her there. This plays into something, too, with the ocean just trying to murder her. I think that we could say that these demigods and spiritual beings have sort of different, uh, maybe, morality and ethos than we have. That they don't see uh, yeah. it as just so cold-hearted and evil to just murder a girl <laughs> or lock her in a cave for a yeah, thousand years. Because they just have a different kind of understanding of these yeah. things. Is the realm of monsters different than the spirit world? Because you say she's already in the spirit yes. world. And I would, I always, when I watched that movie, I assumed that that mountain was like the gateway to the spirit world. I don't think so that it is. So how can you go from the spirit I don't think there's any the evidence world. really to support that it is. All they say is that it is the realm of monsters. And when they go there, it is filled with monsters. <laughs> and there are no spirits. There's no other humanoid right. beings. Yes. So at this point, Maui asks, why didn't the ocean just bring the heart back to Tafiti by itself? Or bring him his hook? <laughs> and I kind of wonder the same question. So at least the question of why the ocean didn't bring the heart back to Tafiti itself, I think, is answered by the time when Moana is like, the ocean hurts Tikal. She can't move off the reef. Like, it, the ocean cannot touch Tikal, so it cannot put the heart in her. So, yeah, how did Moana survive that uh, fall into that mountain? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's really? a good question. That is a good question. And I think this is one of those moments where Moana shows some very superhuman, supernatural abilities that a normal human would not have. So she jumps into Lalotai, she swims for a while and then falls out and Maui does a perfect dismount and lands wonderfully. And then she falls on top of Maui and then falls on several more rocks and falls even deeper in a way that absolutely would have hurt or killed a human. And I think that she couldn't have yep. done that if she were still alive at this point. Right. And the only time we see her get hurt is at the very beginning when her foot gets caught in the coral. And her foot, yes, despite being pretty time. badly scraped, and that was only yesterday, is fine at the end of the movie when she's walking toward Taka. And I would argue that's because she's no longer in the physical body right. that was injured by that coral. And like, other than that, like she does lots of things like this throughout the movie, and she never shows any sign of being winded, any lasting injuries, any like... Not just that. So I want to say that her fall is like ostensibly superhuman. Yeah. Maui clearly thinks she will die if she jumps in. And then she jumps in and he says, well, she's dead and walks away. This, I think, <laughs> is one of the best confirmations of this theory because Maui literally confirms it just then. He says, <laughs> well, she's dead. He's just stating a <laughs> yes, fact. Right. He didn't maybe know it before then. Now he knows, oh, she's a dead spirit. You know, yeah. she's <laughs> right. That's why she was able to come <laughs> and in And that's here. why, so this one moment, without this theory, it ruins the emotional story of the whole movie because they don't care if the other one <laughs> dies. So why do I care about them? Unless uh -huh. this is just Maui stating a fact. He, it's not that he doesn't care about yep. Moana. He knows that she's dead, yep. that she'll right. be fine. And he might have <laughs> thought she can't. so before yeah. and he confirmed it right then. Although He's I would like, say oh, that goes against dead. your theory okay. that he didn't think he was killing her by trapping her in that rock thing if he wasn't right. sure then if she was dead. Then he certainly dead. thinks he's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, 
he he suspected, yeah. but he hadn't confirmed it until that until fall that moment. moment he was yeah. like, "Yes, she is definitely dead." He was willing to be a potential murderer, or maybe it was just like for one brief moment he worried about her, but then he was like reassuring himself. He's like, "You know, she's, she's dead. dead." Yeah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> like, oh, she's dead. Uh, it's okay. This isn't really related to what you were just saying, but I realized uh, that I think one of the reasons that the ocean keeps pushing Moana and Maui together and wants them to return the heart together rather than just having Moana do it could be in fact to teach Moana to sail because Maui states that the ocean really likes people sailing around and discovering islands on it and that the ocean's sad that people aren't doing that anymore and that's why it set Moana on this quest and if that's true Moana is now coming from a village of people that do not know how to sail and one of the really important skills she gets from this movie is that Maui a master wayfinder in his own words teaches her how to sail and at the end calls her a master wayfinder hey wait wait Eric we moved on too fast so you say she fell down he goes she's dead he's just stating a fact yeah. I think this is really interesting because because something that always stuck out to me is he thinks she's dead and walks away if you watch this as a normal movie. Right. Like, he believes that she died and she's gone and won't be in the rest of the movie anymore. And yet, the next time Maui and Moana meet each other, he is not surprised no. to see yeah, her. not at all. She's yeah. surprised to see him. <laughs> and he just peeks over her shoulder and starts explaining things and then she punches yeah. him. And see, <laughs> like, that's why I believe saying. that that's the biggest confirmation of this theory is that moment no, right it, there. You're right. And fixes like, the biggest problem in the movie. If he that she died, he would have been like, oh, she's alive. That's weird. Why is she alive? But no, he's completely accepting that she's still there. It's yeah. because he knew she was dead all along. He was just confirming it. But can I say, just because okay. uh, we're talking about Lalo Tai, I just a small note. When she falls all the way down, she sees like a Twilight Princess shadow monster, like from Zelda <laughs> Twilight Princess. That's yeah. like really cool. And it's walking toward her at like yeah. a low frame rate. Oh, like yeah, it's I love that like thing. it's Sadako or something. Mm -hmm. And then it just and gets then it just gets spit away sky. by a geyser. I'm like, why couldn't we see more of those? We saw yeah. so much of the stupid uh coconut people. <laughs> like they were just the most forgettable villains ever. Like the second I time it, I watched it, it, I was like, I don't even remember this I, part. I agree. I thought the exact no, same thing. I think it was probably too scary of a monster. I agree. Yes, they're yeah. like, we can't put more than So they can only use it as a I'm surprised they brought it in at all, because yeah, it was very scary, but very cool. Let's talk about the best monster in this entire movie. Tomatoa. Tomatoa. every Disney movie. <laughs> Mr. Tomatoa. Dude. Oh, he's so freaking cool. Yeah. I love Tomatoa. He's pretty cool, yeah. I personally uh, like to tell people that they should make a series of like buddy cop kind of films between Maui and Tomatoa before Maui cut off Tomatoa's That'd be leg. great. I mean... <laughs> Canonically, they were friends yeah. until he cut off his exactly. leg. Exactly. So I would love to Moana see all that. says, you two must get along great. And he says, well, yeah, until I ripped off his leg. Exactly. <laughs> so they were friends. They did get along great. So. <laughs> right. And this, this actually fits because one of the part that stuck out to me most about Tamatoa's amazing song, which, by the way, is amazing. <laughs> but the part that sticks out to me most is that midway through the song he suddenly just switches gears turns out the lights and starts creepily singing about maui's backstory yes. <laughs> and it's so creepy for Temotoa to know that like why does he know that stuff it makes that's, sense yeah no that's exactly why together, i kept but... saying that because i was like yeah there should be a reason that these two knew each other well enough that Tamatoa yeah. knew maui's backstory and I mean, can use it against him if disney's making a prequel about gaston and lefou <laughs> they can make one about maui and Tamatoa. and they should <laughs> <laughs> no but i want to say like like the actor who plays Tamatoa is Jermaine Clement and he just has like an amazing voice. Like he's in Men in Black 3 and like that's just his voice. That's just the voice that he has. And like mm -hmm. I'm just confused as to why he doesn't have a career like Tim and Curry, you know, like he should <laughs> yeah. be in everything. No, he's great. Tamatoa's song Shiny 
is the best song in the movie and also one of the best songs <laughs> ever like as far as disney's concerned it's pretty great but it is divisive. I'll say I watched this movie yes. for the first time with Freya and Valkyrie, and they ended up skipping through the song. They, they watched about it. half of it and then said they didn't want to watch the yeah. rest. And I was actually talking to a friend shortly after Moana came out, and he was saying to me, like, oh, yeah, I loved the movie, but, man, there's one part of it that I just really didn't like. And then I cut him off. I was like, yeah, well, there's one part that's awesome because I knew what he was going to say. <laughs> I was like, Shiny is the best song ever. And he was like... Yeah, I guess it's just you a love it or hate it sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love but, it though. But the, what you were you what you were saying? So like the songs at the beginning of this movie are really bad exposition and unnecessary exposition. Whereas this song is just amazing exposition because it's all told through it's conflict. Really good, There's this dude. awesome, cool fight scene, and we're getting all of Maui's backstory all at the same time. It's not like at the beginning where we had to get like her ancestor's backstory <laughs> and her father's backstory. Right. Like, why do we have to know her father's backstory? You know? And like, it suddenly made Maui's backstory really meaningful and real because at the same time as he's being made vulnerable by us knowing his backstory and Moana knowing his backstory, he's also being made vulnerable by the giant crab yep. smooshing him against the wall. <laughs> yeah. like, so anyway, that is perfect, very good dude. storytelling. Oh, yeah, the yeah, writers cool. really pulled it off there. So I already talked about how I thought maybe Moana, when she died, sort of became a demigod. Did the chicken Hey Hey also become a demigod? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at the very least, it has to be a spirit, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I would have argued that, yes, this, the chicken Hey Hey died with her and is a spirit during the movie. And then I will say, so the first time it gets the stone, it just eats it, which maybe it did that on purpose. But the idea is like, oh, this dumb chicken. But the second time when she's about to lose the stone while she's fighting Tikal, it grabs the stone it before it. it falls in the water and then gives but it back to the It wouldn't have mattered because it would have fallen in the ocean, the ocean, which is their <laughs> Yeah, it's true. They should have just given it back. <laughs> but it's I was not just gonna. Like, there's no conflict here. Just, just let, in fact, throw the stone in the ocean. It's safer there. <laughs> it's true. It is, that let is the, the most ocean, safe place it, for it to be. It's the safest place for the stone. But. Okay, one, one other thing about the end of the movie. So the big conflict here was that they needed to get past uh, Taka yeah. to get to Tafiti, mm -hmm. right? And they couldn't get past Taka because Taka was just too big and strong and powerful and threw lava at them. And that was why Maui left because he got his hook broke and he's like, oh, I'm out of here. This sucks. So Moana goes back and manages to get past Taka, just barely. Right. On her own. And then Maui shows up from the direction of the island. <laughs> he flies past the island to Moana to get to Taka. <laughs> Apparently getting past Taka was no problem. Well, because <laughs> he freaking well, sure, did it though, just like, to get there. If Moana is distracting Taka. Yeah, and I also think that part of it is Taka is drawn by the stone. And so the fact that Moana had the stone drew the attention to her and Maui can do whatever he yeah. wants. They could have been a lot smarter. I'm just smarter saying Taka can only be in one place at once, and Taka is very slow. Yes. All Maui had to do was grab the rock, fly to the other side of the reef, and fly to the island. Yeah. Which he clearly did, because he flew from the right. island. Well, but that so, wouldn't have helped uh, them anyway, because anyway, Tafiti wasn't on the island. Yeah, but they didn't know that. <laughs> but they didn't know that. Which, he should have known that, because he flew past the yeah. island. But anyway. <laughs> he wasn't paying attention. So... Do you think Taka was attacking them to get the heart or was attacking them because he just wanted to murder? So 
I think that the implication by the end song where Moana sings to her, has her come to her and says, you know who you are. Uh, I think the implication was that she was just angry, that she had lost her heart and had become okay, this right. kind of incarnation of anger and was just lashing out. And I think she did want the heart, but she also wanted to kill them. Um, and right. and that when Moana okay. finally offers her the heart and says, you know who you are, that's her saying, like, you are not this incarnation of rage. And that's why she calms down. She goes entirely black instead of with the lava streaks through her. And then Moana is able to put the heart in her chest and not get burned. Yeah. And that goes along okay. with the theme cool. of the whole movie of just like everyone needs to accept who they are inside yes. and they're all like the shiny guys yeah, being shiny on the outside. Maui is being all flashy on the outside mm -hmm. and pretending to be so cool when he doesn't think he's that cool. But wait, since we're talking about her song. So in this song, I don't remember the actual lyrics, but she says something about I'm the girl who loves the island. I'm the girl who loves the sea. It calls me. Right. Yes. And then at the end, she says and that no the call is inside of herself. Yes. I am Moana. And we know that she dies by going into the sea. Could yeah. this be the call of the void? Oh. <laughs> the call was inside what, her. What's the call of the void? Uh, yes, yeah, so the call of the void is a psychological phenomenon, and I am not a psychologist. Um, but it, it is the idea that people uh, will frequently have intrusive thoughts to basically kill themselves. So like jump um, off a cliff off or a cliff into or the ocean. Bridge, or example. in the ocean. And yeah, and it's not a suicidal like desire to die. It's just the call of the void. It's like, ah, I'm on this really high building and I want to jump off it. Like you feel like that. And then you're like, no, 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 no. Um, and so, yes, I think this could be a manifestation of Call of the Void. Right. I think this just went to a real dark place and I don't really see any evidence for that. But um. well, I mean, she, she jumps into the sea and, and then she kills dies. Her. <laughs> and she keeps talking about how the I sea calls her, know. but actually the call is inside of her. Just... I still don't really understand that line. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, but yeah. it makes sense because what she's saying is it's all psychological. Oh, right? okay. So, yeah, the call wasn't out there at all. It's it was all in her head. Trying to get me to kill myself. The popcorn right. wasn't real. The popcorn wasn't. Real. I think Maybe. what they were really trying to say there was that there was the call to be who she really is yeah, and yeah. not be shiny. <laughs> yeah. Right. And she she is who she really is. She's a wayfinder now, yes. right? Like she's in the sea. So Brita, at the very end, Defiti is restored and then kind of like gives them gifts. Yes. Maui apologizes and gets his hook. And then Tafiti doesn't really do anything for Moana she, besides rubbing faces she, with her and then giving her a boat. So yes, she gives her a boat. Was that boat like the boat? on the river sticks going back to the real world um, <laughs> or uh, so I think because you say she resurrected her but I didn't see any sort of resurrection going so on Tefiti has the power to create right. life we so, know that well Tefiti mm -hmm. is essentially the mm -hmm. forest spirit from Princess Mononoke right like she's okay. something that brings life but if you chop off her head <laughs> she'll murder you <laughs> yeah I mean you're right yeah but like That's we correct. do know That's the one thing is. about Tafiti is that she brings life and if you take away her heart she doesn't do that anymore she brings death and that Maui stole the heart of Tafiti so that he could give it to the humans so they could create life which I want to point out humans can, can do anyway do that, it's yeah. called sex <laughs> yeah they can do <laughs> I mean I guess he's saying all humans were sterile before they got that but heart. Then they would all be sterile again, again at the end of the movie. <laughs> right. But yeah. what I mean is humans can <laughs> already... It was about Moana sterilizing <laughs> the human race. Humans can already create life. So this heart of Tefiti must have given them the power to do something other than that, right? Which might mean resurrecting people, like restoring life. Mm -hmm. And so we know that that seems to be Tefiti's only power. So I think that that gives credence to the idea that 
Yes. Um, and so, yeah, we've seen that Tafiti. She creates just like plants and they grow up around her, similar to the forest spirit. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think that that's very easily what she did with Moana too, right? Just by touching her, Moana is once again filled with life. And they didn't necessarily make a big deal of that. I will also say that touching faces thing they did is a real New Zealander tradition where you press your heads and your noses together and it's called breathing the same air. And it's something you do to really like um, solidify your bond of like friendship or familial yeah. bonds. I don't know a ton about it. I think it's okay. Gross. And if you breathe yeah. the same well, air, of course you do right now. It's COVID nineteen times. But anyway, so I, I, I think that that is a really. I mean, again, I don't know that much about any of the Pacific Islander mythologies or whatever, but I do know that that is a real practice, and I think it's cool that they had this kind of uh, moment of it. And I think, yeah, that's an excellent moment where she was touching the goddess of life, breathing the same air as her, and then was given life. Yeah, the breath of life. Well, I think that's a really cool theory, and I think there's a lot of evidence for it. And honestly, I think the best evidence is her dad <laughs> <laughs> having done this before and just freaking out the rest of his life about yeah. that evil ocean that just wants to kill and his family. And it also family. makes sense where with the end of the movie, she comes back, hugs both her parents, says, I think I may have gone a little past. I may have gone back past the yes. Yeah, meaning I died, guys. And then her dad responds like, oh, that's okay or something. I don't actually remember what he says. But like, he knows it's fine now because she fixed the problem. The ocean will no longer try to murder right. her. He knew that she did the thing that he, he didn't, didn't do. do. Yeah. <laughs> and so then he's like, yeah, now the whole village can be wayfinders again it's fine just going back a little bit when she sees her grandmother and then all those spirits of her ancestors who float by um they're all blue and glowing yes so i did want to talk about this <laughs> So I have, there are, again, two ways that you could explain this. The first is that she's maybe not entirely dead. She's in like a state between life and death. I don't or think that really holds water. she's a demigod like Or I she's said. a demigod like Eric Maybe said. spirits don't see themselves as yes. blue so and glowing. Yes, so that's the argument that I was going normal. to say is that spirits see other spirits as blue and glowing. And so we are seeing this scene through Moana's <laughs> eyes. But if we were seeing it through her grandma's eyes, her grandma would have been normal and Moana would have been blue and glowing. Hmm. Okay. But no, this is a great point to talk about the theory that Moana is a demigod. So... First thing I want to say, because th this is something I looked into a lot while I watched the movie, because I thought it was more believable than the Moana's dead theory. But I actually kind of like the Moana's dead theory. Well, they're kind of the same, now. though. But um, She could be both. They are. So, well, here's the thing. We know, we know that baby Maui was thrown into the right, ocean. As a human. He did not survive yeah. that. He died. And then the gods granted him the ability right. to be a demigod, yeah. right? Yes. We also know, based on your theory, that Moana <laughs> was thrown into the ocean and then suddenly was super powerful. <laughs> Maybe she was granted the yeah. ability to be a demigod. So I think that's Would good you evidence. argue so, that she is still a demigod at the end of the film? She gets resurrected by Tefiti. We know that. Now, Tefiti gives the hook back to Maui, but she never touches Maui, right? Mm -hmm. So Maui remains mm -hmm. a demigod. I think Moana is no longer a demigod. By touching Tefiti. Yeah. And that's interesting, too, because when he takes the heart, he does it with his hook. He pries it out with his hook and then grabs it rather than, like, mm -hmm. reaching down and touching her. But counterpoint, in Wreck-It Ralph, Ralph breaks the internet, Moana can just straight up summon water just, like, <laughs> in a giant spout yes. just because she feels like it. Yeah, right? well, that's a Moana who exists But also Pocahontas has so. the power to control wind, which she did she not never have. Had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. I don't I mean, think we can use for that her as song, canonical. She did kind of make wind while she painted with its colors. But no, so the theory kind of goes, at least the version that I've kind of seen evidence for, it goes that the ocean is either a god or is controlled by a god, and that this ocean god clearly chose Moana. So she is a demigod of the ocean. 
and that her powers kind of grow throughout then the movie. Then why even need a sentient ocean? When she like embraces the powers. I don't know. I mean, why do de- why do gods make demigods at all? We don't know. And why doesn't Maui have any powers? Like, period. Uh, he can he, blow air really, really, really hard. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's really strong. And, well, this is the thing. Moana has the same powers as Maui, except for the fish hook. Like, they're both really, really right, strong. We've established whenever Moana hits anything, it's with incredible force. <laughs> like you said, Eric, she throws that harpoon so hard it embeds itself in the ship and she's yeah. able to zip line down it. Before that, when they first fired the harpoons at the ship, Maui starts yanking them out of the ship. And it's hard for him. Like, he's straining to get them out. Moana rips one of them out of the ship. It's the one in the ship, which is stopping the ship from moving. (laughs) And she rips it out. She has to struggle (laughs) for it, but she does get it out. pretty (laughs) strong. So then she jumps over to the Kakamura ship with just an oar and bashes the crap out of them. She fights all of them at once, wins easily, smashes one of them down through the boat itself. Yeah, like Rita said, her explanation is that Moana type is super effective against coconut yes. type. <laughs> it's a bad explanation. In the underworld, when Maui surprises her, she punches him in the jaw, causing clear pain in deformation of his yeah. face. And he has to stop and collect himself. And this is Maui. He shrugs off hits from Temotoa and Taka. He gets pummeled by gods and Moana can hurt him. Yep. <laughs> I'm just saying. Now, magical feats. Like you said, in the big storm, she asks for help and she wakes up on Maui's island. She gets help. She gets launched off the boat by Maui. The ocean puts her right back yep. on. The heart is literally at the bottom of the ocean. She goes and, and she gets, goes it. And gets it. Yeah, that part is that wild. Part, like, she's in the <laughs> middle the of the ocean. This is not ocean. like the bottom is close, <laughs> yeah. I don't think. I mean, evidently <laughs> no. it is because she can see it before she jumps in, but it shouldn't be. I mean, it's a it's like an archipelago. So, yeah. Maybe it's yeah. not that deep. I don't know. She has an affinity for water. Water helps her. And in fact, at the end, when I think she kind of fully realizes her her station as a demigod, she commands the sea to part for Taka. <laughs> like this is the one time where she specifically yeah. commands the ocean, yeah. not just asking for help. She tells it what to right. do, and it does it. She can also, like. Slow down time right there. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I think that's more artistic. <laughs> I think at this point, everyone realizes she's a demigod, even Maui. Because after that, Maui acts very different to her. When she turns to Ka back into Tafiti, Maui comes and then he's like really servile and kneeling and like looks Tafiti at does Ma- touch, Moana all the I time. I just realized Tafiti does touch Maui because they're both in her hand. Yeah, it's true. He stands in her hand. <laughs> she doesn't nose-breathe <laughs> on him. Like, she doesn't nose-breathe on him. He keeps looking at Moana. When Tafiti holds out the hook to him, he freaks out and is so happy. And then Moana, like, shushes him. And then he looks at the hook and then looks at Moana, like, can I take it? And then she has to say, go ahead, take yes. the hook. Right? Like, so you're saying, I don't know why he would want her for a mission. You're saying he why? has realized uh, she is a, a more demigod. powerful god than he is? Is that? I would, exactly, I would argue yes. that the reason he didn't uh, immediately take the hook was because right before that, they had the conversation where he said, even without the hook, I'm still Maui. And so I think he was worried that by taking the hook, it would be acknowledging, like, I need this hook to be a demigod, which he had just told Moana, like, no, I'm past that. I've accepted myself, you know. No, I think he realized he is just a simple demigod of a hook and she is the demigod of the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) So he respects her. (laughs) Okay, last thing. And this is actually from Matt Pat's film theory. Moana's mom is named Sina. In Polynesian myths, there's a woman named Sina. She sent out her husband to kill an eel. He killed the eel. He buried its guts, sprouted a tree, and he got coconuts. And that husband's name was the demigod Maui. (laughs) Right? So Sina was married to Maui. And 
Moana's dad, quote unquote dad, keeps trying to stop her from sailing away and doing this quest. But her mom literally helps her pack and sends her. <laughs> so I think, you know, she's like, okay, time for you to go meet your real dad. And then the other thing that uh, Matt Pat points out is that in Cena in the Mist ha- also has a son. She doesn't have a daughter named Moana in the Mist, but she has a son named Kapua'a, who is a pig. And Moana's pet pig, which never gets eaten and is always treated nicely by everyone, but never does anything important in the movie, was named Pua which could be short for Kamapua, right? Yep. <laughs> so uh, that pig is Moana's brother, and she is, uh, she is Maui's so wait, daughter. Did, did her mom <laughs> but, also uh, have a that, child with a pig? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, the, the pig child was from No, Maui. no, the, the pig is Maui's son. Yeah. Well, so she, the, had, she had sex with him mythos. while he was a pig. <laughs> uh, possibly, I don't know. I didn't read the myth. This is all I, coming I, from I Matt do, I have read that myth. I, I don't remember it well enough to explain, but I don't believe that's what happened. <laughs> I'm just saying that's the only I, I just thought it was interesting. I just wanted to talk about, this is, has nothing to do with either theory. I just want to talk about character design. I used to be an animator, so I know a little thing about character design. Um, and I, I love the character design in this movie. I love the art style they did for the characters. I like how they're all kind of blobby, how they don't have skinny mm-hmm. wrists or ankles. Even Moana has pretty thick wrists and ankles. And I think it's kind of a good character design. It makes them look really sturdy and strong. Mm-hmm. The one character design that I don't like is Maui. (laughs) (laughs) And there actually was some controversy when Disney first released an image of Maui because everyone knew Dwayne The Rock Johnson was going to voice him. And so people thought that he would look kind of like him. But then they get this like fat piggish yeah. <laughs> looking weirdo. Yeah, and they I were, remember like, that controversy. There was even some, they're like, come on, like, why not show him like, have him be more like Dwayne the Rock Johnson kind of thing. I just want to say, I, I actually liked Maui's character design. I thought it was really interesting to make like one of the main characters be like, have this weird squished pig face. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, this is kind of fun. Like he's not your typical super hot Disney yeah, prince. I do appreciate like, that you see him Disney and your first prince. reaction is kind of like uh and then you do learn to like him so i just wanted to point out that i noticed when uh, moana wakes up after the storm after she supposedly died if you look <laughs> at how she wakes up she's literally buried in the sand like right. a body yep. <laughs> like yes, if you is. look she's at the sand it's rising from the grave like a dead body <laughs> at, a, mm-hmm. at a cemetery a freshly buried body a not only grave. that But her chicken falls into the sand that she's buried under and then spreads out its legs and tail feathers like a cross that has kind of tilted sideways. (laughs) So it looks like a grave with a gravestone. But Moana's not Christian. (laughs) I know, I know. No, I'm kidding. I think that's a good point. So this was the the artists, the animators, low-key confirming for us this theory. Well, I mean, how likely do you think that is? Like, I actually <laughs> do think it's likely that at some point during the development process, they did have the idea that Moana died and went to the spirit world. And I think that probably that got scrapped because they were like, that's too dark for a kid's movie. But then I think it was like they, storyboarded in. And right. I think thematically and artistically, that sort of thing can can kind of day throughout because you have so many different people working on it who knew the one idea and that can kind of yeah stick around in their art and stuff all right well then it's confirmed (laughs) (laughs) theory confirmed 
I think that Moana is a fun movie, and I think that your theory, Brita, improves the yes. movie. And honestly, I think that it is actually really uh, solid. I think it's very viable. Yeah. Like, I could, uh, I could definitely believe that. Yeah, I think it improves the movie as well. It fixes, like I said, the biggest problem with the movie that Maui seems to just hate her and want her to die. Um, but dead. like it totally fixes that. Like he he actually cares about her. He's just not worried about her because she's, you know, she's a demigod like him. She's dead. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> or at least a spirit. <laughs> or at least a spirit. It explains in a far better way than their boring flashback. It explains the dad. Yeah. I also love that you pointed out that at the end of the movie she does see Maui again. As a yes. bird, and that's it. <laughs> like that's kind of cool. You know, he he comes back, but she never sees him as a demigod yeah. again. It's probably you know might not even really be Maui. It might just be. And a there heart. is also a fan theory that we definitely aren't going to get into that um, that Lilo from Lilo and Stitch is descended from Moana, and that Pudge, the fish she feeds, is actually Maui, and that because he's the demigod of the wind and sea, wow. he really does control the weather. <laughs> so then, does that mean? That all the monsters that Moana meets this movie are actually aliens. aliens. Whoa! <laughs> aliens. Mind blown. <laughs> wow. They live in Lalotai. Yeah, <laughs> but also, this kind of ruins the whole "she's dead" theory. It really does. <laughs> she's dead, and there are aliens. <laughs> yeah. Now that's good writing. That is good writing. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, I think Moana's a great movie. I really enjoy it. I still think there are things that could be improved. I would take out the Kakamura part entirely. Um, but I, I do enjoy it. I think it's really fun for kids. And I, I like that theory. Uh, there are a lot of theories like this where people are dead or dreaming or something that I think kind of yeah. damage the movie, take something away from it because it's kind of like, well, it didn't really happen. But right. I think this one adds to the movie. All right. Well, All right. this has been The Popcorn Isn't Real. Uh, thank you for joining us, Brita. Hey, thanks for coming on yeah, today, Thank Brita. you for having me. Appreciate it. And this is Leif Eric and Torvald and Brita, and we are signing off. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Opening music for this episode was provided by Christine. If you want to see how our theory holds up, we provide links in the episode description where you can enjoy the media we discuss. And if you like our podcast, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe on whatever platform you get your podcasts. And remember, the popcorn isn't real.